breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Doctor Jeffrey Sato from LSUS. Doctor Sato, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hi guys. Were Were you surprised at all by yesterday's vote? Um, I, I was surprised. Uh, you know, maybe not so much at, at the vote, but that it came to that that uh, Mike Johnson would have a chance to become. Uh, speaker of the house uh, just uh you know a month ago would you know, this scenario seemed entirely unlikely but you know yet uh, yet here we are do you you kind of feel like i do today doc that you're kind of in a dream little old mike johnson is mm-hmm. speaker of the house yeah um it, it, it did seem improbable i mean um um he was uh fifth in the hierarchy of uh, in the republican house and you know, really one of the, the big impediments, uh, or at least what we thought might have been an impediment to his becoming speaker was the fact that Steve Khalid was already the uh, party leader and the second ranked guy in the House. And mm. uh, historically, you've never had a situation where the speaker and a party leader have been one, two in the, the hierarchy of, of that or the Senate with the majority leader positions only been around since basically the beginning of the 20th century. But yeah, in 120 years, it's never happened before and of course louisiana is not one of the larger delegations only five republicans there you, you know you might figure if something like this was going to happen it would have been in a larger state texas or florida with uh, dozens uh, uh, of uh, republicans to choose from but no it's uh, louisiana so so yeah it uh, that was a uh, uh, history in in uh, made in yet another way what does mike need to brace for now well, I mean, uh, he's got to be able to hold a, a, a somewhat fractious uh, conference together. Republicans just have that very narrow majority in the House, and that's what sunk uh, Kevin McCarthy as, as speaker. You only need a few to, uh, to, to become disenchanted, and, and then things are up for grabs, apparently. So uh, he's going to have to be able to hold all that together. And, that, and again, since that majority is so small, it's just, you know, practically everybody has got to be on board for uh, the major decisions or, you know, who knows what could happen. Well, you say that we look at the votes for the past nominees, Jim Jordan, every time they had a new vote, his numbers went down. Uh, finally, on yesterday morning, uh, it was fascinating to me to see 220 Republicans all saying Mike Johnson. What does that what does that speak of? Yeah, unanimity there. Um, well, you know, the, the thing is that uh, Johnson was kind of the Goldilocks candidate. He was he was just right for the for the circumstances. I mean, you had uh, in the, in the previous uh, several that went through it, there was always something wrong with him. I mean, with uh, with Scalise, you know, maybe you know, fairly fairly conservative, but of course he had been an integral part of the leadership, uh, with which uh, a few were disenchanted. So. That seemed to scuttle him, and then you looked at say um, Jim Jordan, 
And uh, for some moderates, he was just too much. Uh, you look at uh, uh, Emmer and uh, you know, being head of the campaign committee kind of has to make everybody happy doing that. And uh, that it, it had one of the more moderate voting records, and that was too much for <laughs> a few others. So uh, Johnson, who had a, has a pretty conservative voting record, not maybe perfectly so, part of the leadership, uh, but uh, it, it was apparently just enough on both sides to be able to, to make everybody happy. Well, the other side of the aisle did bring up the fact that he tried to author legislation to decertify the election. Uh, that was one strike uh, uh, against him. It didn't it didn't hold any water with the Republicans, though. Yeah, well, no, because, you know, when you when you have uh, well over half the conference uh, basically signing on to a similar effort, uh, then, then I mean, you know, yeah, if you're a Democrat, that might be a problem. But certainly not within the Republican conference. That wasn't a problem. Dr. Jeff Sato, I wanted to ask you this. Was the the 220 vote, was it kind of a, you know, we got to move on. We got to, you know, let's let's all come together. Let's move on. This has been crazy. And he happened to be the next in line. Is it kind of part of that too? Um, kind of, uh, you know, also in the sense that uh, even though he was um, vice chairman of, of, the, of the conference, uh, he still... You know, was relatively out of the spotlight. Didn't uh, you know? Wasn't really uh, part of high-profile battles within the party for uh, for policy making. So he didn't, in a sense, he didn't carry uh, baggage with him uh, either. So that made him an easier choice than some of the other people who had preceded him. Uh, and uh, so, kind of was the right place and the right time in that sense. It was. It was disappointing to me. I, I watched the proceedings live. Um, the division that's that's in the House. I mean, the entire side of the House would respond and the other side sat there on their hands. And that's both sides of the House. I was really disappointed. I wasn't surprised. But I was very disappointed in Hakeem Jeffries' introduction of Mike and his moment that he could have brought unity to the house and he chose to author more division. Yeah, certainly, you know, great contrast to, to Johnson's uh, approach uh, when uh, discussing his, uh, the, the other party. Well, it, you know, this is just kind of a, an artifact of, of where Congress has, has gone. Uh, 40 years ago, um, you would have a number of people or Democrats that would in some ways vote more like Republicans and maybe to a little lesser extent vice versa uh, with uh, Republicans kind of voting like Democrats. But today you, you look at uh, just like a statistic, like party line votes where you have uh, votes that are at least 90, 10 uh, split between the two parties. And uh, that percentage of, uh, of votes have gone up dramatically. You look at its uh, voting scorecards and there's almost no overlap uh, and, and, uh, meaning that you have uh, very few Democrats that uh, vote uh, more often like Republicans and vice versa. It used to be far more common decades ago. So when you have such polarization that's going on between the two parties, uh, you know, you tend to get uh, those kinds of reactions. Dr. Sato, let me ask you a question real quick. Did you, um, did you hear any little nuggets or tidbits during the, the, the whole proceeding that stood out to you that you might be discussing with your students? Um, yeah, 
Well, yeah, certainly kind of the dynamics of, of, of what it takes to, to, to come to leadership uh, in, in the chambers now. You know, uh, again, this, this apparently very fine uh, balancing act that, that has to occur. And, 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 you know, certainly kind of the erosion of a lot of the norms that had existed in, uh, in, in how Congress operates. You know, one of the most interesting things I find is that uh, Johnson it comes to the job with less experience than anybody since 1891. He's only been there four terms and uh, 10 months, uh, more or less. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, typically until very recently, speakers have had very long tenures uh, in the House. And, and now that norm seems to have, you know, and even looking at the candidates uh, for the job, um, a number of them were, you know, more junior in, in terms of tenure there. So, yeah, I think that's kind of fascinating how that's that's changed over time. We got a message this morning that uh, Sheriff Whittington sent um, deputies to Congressman Johnson's home to provide security for his family until the Secret Service could arrive. Yeah. His his family's now going to be protected by the Secret Service because he's he's the third, third in line. Third in line, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> until. Yesterday, I guess, you know, he'd usually be running around the hall of Congress with, you know, maybe a staffer or two, but now he's going to have a full-blown security detail um, tailing him wherever he goes. Will, so. they go, will they go with his children to school? Well, I don't I'm not. I'm not entirely sure about that. But, uh, no, certainly he's going to have a, uh, you know, wherever he goes now, he's going to have that, you know, he's going to have that presence there. Wow. That's just simply incredible. That is incredible. We and Louisiana loses a little bit in this because we won't see him as much, right? Uh, well, yeah, pro- probably not. But uh, I, I think you know, you look at a number of other benefits uh, and uh, you know, interesting things that even trickle down to other areas of, of state politics. Um, you know, there. I, I think probably the state, and particularly the fourth district, is uh, mm-hmm. is better off. Let's Absolutely, say. no doubt. Well, it's exciting news. It's an, an exciting time in uh, specifically Louisiana history. Mm-hmm. Two major up, positions, so. both from Louisiana, the House Speaker and the Majority Leader. That's it's unprecedented. Very cool. Thank you for talking with us, Dr. Sato. We appreciate your time. Sure. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. We got a couple of reports yesterday about Speaker of the House Mike Johnson having mm-hmm. Secret Service protection. I don't think that's correct. It, I've been I've been doing some research on this. Mm-hmm. And um, according to uh, an article in Newsweek, uh, by law, the United States Secret Service is required to protect any figures in line for the presidency, including the president, vice president, or other individuals next in order of succession. Well, he would be next. Well, they're meaning like possible candidate or candidates that could major candidates. Oh, okay. Like Donald Trump or, you know, maybe... uh, uh, mm. So, as Speaker of the House, she is constitutionally, according to this article, entitled to a government-funded security detail provided by the U.S. Capitol Police. 
Oh, so Capitol Police. So it's Capitol Police. I guess that would be when he's in D.C. They're not going to send Capitol Police to Bozier when he's in, you know, Benton, are they? Uh, I don't know. But apparently Secret Service does not extend past the executive branch. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really was thrilled to watch. Uh, he was on Hannity last night. I saw bits and pieces of it. But he also sat down. This is a big coup to KSLA. They sent Dominique Ben, and I think Bubba went to D.C. Um, to be part of it, and Dominique got to sit down with him and did a pretty extensive interview. Haven't watched all of it, but I mm -hmm. saw pieces of it. You know, it was kind of kind of cool. Yeah. First interview since he was named speaker, and, I mean, that's a big get. No doubt about it. He hadn't sat down with Hannity yet, I don't believe, and... It was really cool to see. And he hugs her, you know, like they're buddies. Because I'm sure they are. Yeah. I mean, we all feel like right. Mike's our buddy. Right. He, for me, he's like my little brother. You know, that's how I feel about him. And I'm sure I feel like his grandmother to him, but I don't know. <laughs> he's not that much younger. No, he's not. He, he is not. He looks that much younger. He does. I wanted to do the, we're going to do a, like a, a gray hair alert. Oh, yes. We'll mark his gray hair today. And then let's mark his gray hair a year from now and see how, how he changes. Because the presidency certainly changes. Oh, yeah. Uh, an individual. Mm -hmm. it's, it's remarkable. Even Obama, uh, uh, if yeah. you look at when he was first elected and, and then oh, toward absolutely. the end of that first term, I mean, his hair was... Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we send him Grecian formula. Maybe that's the kit we send him. Does that ever really work? I don't know. I've never tried it. Have you seen guys, it's like, dude, it's not it. working for you. Yeah. Man. It's, maybe some Clairol. We'll send him some Clairol. But then again, maybe it does work and you don't look, you know, you don't know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe they're using too much. Who knows? Well, it's still, it's still sinking in for me. I'm like, my buddy, Speaker of the House. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> weird. I know it is. It's very weird. weird. It's very surreal. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. Uh, it, today is Maggie Lee Give for Good Day. It's actually Sunday. That's what gonna, I said. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to be talking to uh, Jenny Henson, mm -hmm. uh, Maggie's mom. Oh, the story. This story and, is incredible. And to, yeah. And if you haven't heard this story, you definitely want to uh, mm -hmm. want to hear that at 710. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So yesterday I divvied up the brisket that you brought. Did you? Between Reuben and I. Okay. Got, got our bags all ready. Reuben, you got about 30 pieces, right? Neither one of us got I'm, 30. I'm joking. I'm, mess I'm trying to cause a little feud. <laughs> Look at you. Isn't it good? Oh, my gosh. So, yes. So, uh, my wife and I got home about the same time yesterday afternoon. Mm -hmm. So, I'm carrying my stuff in and I had the bag that I went at my studio at three. Uh, I have a fridge in my office. Mm -hmm. So, I had it in the fridge all afternoon. And then, uh, so I set stuff down on the table. And gone back into the, you know, back to the back of the house. So I came back out and my wife had the bag busted open. <laughs> she goes, this oh. is good. This is really good. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Get away from my brisket. <laughs> I got home and I made, uh, I made some uh, tostadas with it. We have some uh, corn tortillas. I, I oh. fried up a couple of brisket 
tostadas. And uh, oh, nice. my kid got home from lacrosse practice, and uh, I was like, hey, there's some brisket in the in the fridge if you want to heat it up. It's all gone. It's now. gone. Yeah. I was going to say bad, <laughs> bad, yeah. Oh, no. All gone. That's why this is the first year that I haven't had my son at home to eat up all my barbecue, so I'm still... Oh. I'm still eating it up. It's well, good. yes, when you got it, when when I, I was had it yesterday, and, and they had some flour tortillas in the kitchen here. Ooh! And so that's what I had when we got off the air. You know, nice. And, and so I had that, and then uh, later went home. I had some more at lunch. It's delicious, like, isn't it? Golly. I got a, a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's. And, mm. Oh, girl, thank you so much. Oh, I don't know if I ever. I got. I, I was thinking yesterday as I was enjoying it. I go. I don't know if I told Aaron thank you. Uh, no worries. No oh, worries. I'm glad you. I could sh- yeah. share it with y'all. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It was good. And, and my kid thanks you, too. I yeah. bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So much to talk about. I want to talk about this B-52 problem. That was incredible. This is amazing. What? I don't know if you've heard about it yet, but we'll tell you about it. You will next. Mm-hmm. Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I think I've, I've told you before, a friend of mine from Bossier High School, when we were, when we were in high school, uh, in, the, in fact, we were in Air Force ROTC. They had a great unit back then. Mm-hmm. Retired colonel was in charge of the unit. Um, and we were on the drill team together. And he went on to go into the Air Force and fly B-52s. Oh, cool. And over the years, he's, he's, he's told me some just some great stories about things that go on, you know, during maneuvers and when they're flying and... But uh, he's never told me anything like this. This is unreal, and I'm, I'm about to put it at keelnews.com. It is a, a Chinese fighter jet coming within 10 feet. Look around your, your, wherever you are. If you're in your car, 10 feet in front. 10 feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. Now, where did this happen? Over the South China Sea. Both China and the U.S. are kind of... Um, they're kind of in a kind of a dogfight. I shouldn't say dogfight, but kind of in a, a tug of war over, you know, building up influence in that region because there's been a lot of a uh, lot of concern about Taiwan and other issues in the South China Sea and who controls it. China thinks they do. Others say no, you don't control the South China Sea. So this fighter jet flies within ten feet of a B fifty two. That was flying over the South China Sea. Ten feet, Mike. That is yeah, that's, that's, so close. Well, remember in the, in the the original Top Gun when they're when they're flying in the other and they flew over the top of the, and of course it was all, you know. But, right. But that's that's like a matter of feet, and that's un, unheard of. Yeah, the, and the military is saying this could have caused quite an accident. I mean, just ten feet is so quick in a fighter jet and you know both sides are working to have a bigger influence in the area i'm curious though here's what i don't understand they've released the video the u.s has released the video showing the chinese fighter jet coming that close to a Mm b-52 and it really is incredible and 
what are the defenses on a B-52? I mean, what, what could they have done? Are they, are they kind of sitting ducks when you're flying in a B-52? You don't have, you don't have weapons right, you on you. you don't have tail gunners, I don't think. You don't have, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's not like the old B-29 Fortress, mm-hmm. you know, that had the, the belly guns and, the yeah. you know, all the different guns around to protect it. Uh, they, they depend on fighter jets squadrons to fly with them. And wouldn't they have they, had somebody flying with them? Probably somewhere well, nearby. Depends on what what you know what they were doing. Okay. Uh, now maybe they'll fly with them somewhere. I, you know, somebody I don't know. Somebody with more knowledge on it than me could you know yeah, could now, let us know. Now the big question is: Was this a B fifty two from Barksdale? We don't know. They mm-hmm. have not confirmed whether it was from Minot or you know was flown out of or maybe stationed somewhere in the Philippines. We don't know right now or Japan, um, but. We do know it was a B-52. It was a Shenyang J-11 twin-engine fighter. It closed in on the Air Force plane at, quote, an uncontrolled excessive speed, flying below, in front of, and within 10 feet of the B-52, putting, quote, I'm quoting still, putting both, both aircraft in danger of a collision. Yeah, 10 feet. I mean, you you know, you create wash and, I mean, it could, anything mm-hmm. could have happened. U.S. military says they're very concerned that the Chinese pilot wasn't really aware of just how close he came. If you're flying a fighter jet, you better know how close you come to other planes. And it looks like when you watch the video, it looks like he's just like coming up to take a look. It's, right. It doesn't it's a- even look particularly aggressive yeah let's not but, be looky lose in a fighter jet uh, not on a b-52 yes 10 feet with the with the two superpowers in the world for crying out loud yeah what kind of moron are you <laughs> you're looky looing in a fighter jet for crying out loud yeah this an is- american b-52 I'd be interested to know what the story was here. I know. I don't know if they're going to give us the full details. I know they've released the video, and it is astonishing. I'll have it up here on the website. Oh, just a couple of minutes. I'm going to call Barksdale in a little bit, too, and see if they'll say anything about it. They're probably going to be hush, hush, hush. Well, yeah. But like you say, the video was released. Somebody Mm -hmm. released the video, U.S. defense video. It's not like it's... You know, some guy with his phone that you can tell this is mm-hmm. uh, official yeah. video. If you're the pilot or you're on that B-52 and you see that fighter jet out the window, hey, can hey, you imagine? Hey. What are you doing? Yeah. Wow. I'm sure we scrambled well, some other planes. Well, they haven't told us the full story. A little pucker factor going on oh, there. Oh, absolutely. No I, doubt. No, yeah. Mm. Uh, Sunday is a, a Maggie Lee Give for Good Day. If you don't know what that is, we're going to let you know. After the news top of the hour, uh, Maggie Lee's mom, Jenny Henson, will be joining us. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and 710Keel. Aaron, this is such a tragic situation. This Mm -hmm. Northwestern State University football player who was uh, shot and killed a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, They they canceled the game that week. And then they were going to want to, they said, you know, get back on the field. Right. 
Uh, but apparently it's just, it's, it's been too, too emotional. And too they've difficult. ended up, yeah, too difficult, which is understandable. Um, and they've, they've, Northwestern, Northwestern State has canceled the, the remainder of the season. Um, that's just, it's just sad. And the head coach, uh, Brad Laird, uh, resigned. Resigned. Yeah. yeah. Stepped down. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a tragedy. Ronnie Caldwell's death is just reverberating through that entire community. Um, and just, I just don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's, it's, uh, I don't know if these guys can recover from this. They, I, I don't. Natchitoches Police Department has uh, arrested one of Caldwell's former teammates. Mm-hmm. Man. Can you imagine? No, no. Two buddies playing football together, and one of them apparently kills the other? Yeah. It's rough. Rough. I don't know. It's just, it's just just tragic. My wife graduated from Northwestern NSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love Natchitoches. It's a gorgeous community. Just, just a great, just... Yes, it really is, and the and the president of the university uh, went on a podcast yesterday talking about how the they just can't recover. They were supposed to play at McNeese State uh, tomorrow for the homecoming game, and so that game has had to be canceled. So it's kind of rough for McNeese State too. I mean, they've got their homecoming, all the festivities right, planned, and now right. the game's canceled. So I'm not sure, you know, how they pivot from that down there, but. Yeah. It's rough. NSU president, uh, Dr. Marcus Jones, in a statement said, while our instinct was to return to the field of play following his death, we've since learned that the hurt on our team was too deep. Mm -hmm. Now it's in the best interest of our players, coaches, and staff to pause and take this time to mourn, to heal, and to support Ronnie's family. Four games remaining on the schedule. Yeah, that's just a, just a, such a tragic story. So Coach yeah. Laird announced that he's stepping down. He's been there six years. It, I guess this is a direct result of of this. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, it's crushing to have me. He, he, he made a statement saying that these are like my kids. Mm-hmm. This is like sure. losing one of my sons, and I'm struggling to deal with it. And, and so got to keep the whole Northwestern community in our prayers because – it's a oh, such a tragedy. Yeah, such he a said, tragedy. Due to that loss, he says, "I don't feel I can give all to my, you know, to the players or this mm-hmm. program." Any right. coach will tell you their players become like family. Mm. So Golly. just, just thoughts and prayers for everyone concerned, right? And uh, the the entire team and and staff there, and we just we're just thinking about them and uh, just just hate that, just mm-hmm. hate that. Uh, good things can come out of tragedy, though. Yes. And we will talk about good things coming out of tragedy. As a matter of fact, after the news, top of the hour, uh, Jenny Henson, who is Maggie Lee's mom, is going to talk about Maggie Lee Give for Good Day, which is this Sunday. Yes, Mikey amazing. McCarty. It is an amazing story. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel.